episode of Yelling About Star Trek. My name is Christian Fox, and this is the show where I yell at you about all things Star Trek for your amusement, so I'm not yelling at my friends and family who don't want to hear my thoughts and theories on this fantastic franchise. Today, I want to do a ranking because I have been in a ranking mood all week since I did an episode of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast where we actually ranked our top 10 films, so I'm in the mood to rank. But Being a Star Trek fan, we have all had the discussion about who's the best captain, and I will likely do a ranking of the captains, but I'm not doing that today just because I feel like so many people have done that. Instead, I'm going to be ranking the Doctors from the different series. And there's a couple of things I want to say about how I'm ranking them. One, I'm only going to be ranking the chief medical officers because they are the main medical character. However, there is the exception of Dr. Kolber, who is not the chief medical officer, but he is the main medical character because the chief medical officer, as I've talked about before, doesn't really appear in this series. She has a couple of scenes here and there and has some dialogue, but not very much. So I will be talking about Kolber in the ranking and not the chief medical officer from Discovery. The other thing I want to point out, which is a little bit tricky, is Dr. Tiana from Star Trek Lower Decks, because she is the chief medical officer of that series, and she is given quite a lot of screen time, but she's not the main medical character because that's actually Ensign Tendi. So I'm actually be ranking. So even with that, I'm going to be ranking Dr. Tiana because, well, She's the chief medical officer, and she has enough of a presence that I can say, okay, yes, she is the main doctor, even though she's not the main medical character, because again, it's Ensentendi, and the show is focused around the Ensigns. But I'm still going to be ranking Dr. Tiana in this list and not Ensentendi. Finally, I'm going to be ranking them mostly based on do I actually enjoy the character? How much do I like seeing them on screen? And yes, of course, I'm going to be talking about their skill and maybe their feats and their character development, but mostly I'm going to be ranking them based on how much I actually like the character. And I'll discuss why I like a character, why I don't like a character as much. And the final thing I want to say before we start is that Nurse Chapel is amazing. Uh, I love her character. She will not be on this list because she's not the chief medical officer, but my goodness, she is just so fun to watch on the series. I just wanted to do a special shout out that I wish I could put her on the list. I wish she was the main doctor or a main doctor on some series because she's awesome. But I also really love Dr. Mbenga, so I'm really happy that he's the chief medical officer. And all right, that's been a lot of talking and not actually ranking. So Let's start the ranking, but before we do, make sure you get out of your space pajamas, put on your shiniest pair of boots, get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea, maybe some iced tea if you want to pull the archer maneuver, and brace for impact, because things are about to get nerdy. Ranking the Doctors is challenging, as with any other ranking, because I love all the Doctors, but of course, I like some more than others. So, In the number nine spot as my least favorite medical character is Dr. Tiana. And Tiana, she's fun, she's feisty, I like her wit, and she seems to be very skilled at her job. 
but I don't connect with her as much as I connect with the other doctors because of the show's format. And I love Lower Decks. I think it's great. I really do appreciate what they're doing, making it a half hour comedy that's a bit more like a family guy or a Rick and Morty, not on the same level, but more similar to that. And so I enjoy what they're doing, but I don't quite enjoy it as much as I enjoy other Trek just because I prefer the more serious, more intellectual and not thought provoking, but just more, not even sure of the word, but just something that's a little bit more serious. As I said, that's the best I can say is that I prefer the more intellectual and more serious Trek. So I naturally connect with those characters more than I do with the characters in Lower Deck. So the same goes for Dr. Tiana. I like her. I enjoy her. But when it comes to the Doctor, she's my least favorite, just simply because I do not connect with the series as well as I connect with the other ones. And number eight. Number eight was kind of upsetting to me because I love Colbert. Dr. Colbert on Discovery is fantastic. I really do like his character. I love the character development he's going through. I love his role in season three and season four as the counselor and really helping the crew adjust to being in the future and the crew deal with the trauma of of dealing with the, what did they call it, the DMA, the, and I forgot what the term was, but dealing with the threat of, of the season four. So I thought he was really cool. And it pains me that he's so low because he is so wonderful. But part of the reason that he's so low is because I think the other doctors are so much stronger. Even though I wish I could put Colbert higher on the list, there's just so many other doctors who deserve to be there. But Dr. Colbert, he's fantastic, and I just am so happy that character exists in the franchise. And number seven, Dr. M. Benga. And M. Benga is a bit more difficult because he's a character that we've only seen in six episodes now. I think we're in episode six. I think that's what came out this week or last week rather. But regardless, it doesn't matter. My point is that M. Benga is fantastic. He has come out of nowhere. Like I know he was in the original series and I thought, okay, he's a cool guy, but he's not really a character that I thought too much about. And we still don't know a ton about him. He hasn't been in every single episode of Strange New Worlds, and Strange New Worlds itself is a very new show. As I just said, we only have six episodes of that series, now seven by the time you're listening to that. So it's going to be hard to actually rank him compared to everybody else because he's so new. And with the other Doctors, we've seen their storylines for the most part, with some exceptions. But yeah, he's just doing such a great job. I love his storyline. I love the issue that he's dealing with. I won't get into too many spoilers, but it's incredibly emotional. Made me cry a number of times. And I just think his attitude is awesome. I just love his interaction with with Chapa. I like his interaction with the rest of the crew. So yeah, Mbenga, loving him and would love to get more of him. And he probably actually will rank higher on this list in 10 or 15 years when we've actually completed the whole series. And by that point, you know, it'll be old news that, oh yeah, Strange New Worlds has been out for, had seven seasons and we got to see that storyline. So definitely be higher in the future, but just not quite as high now because Strange New Worlds is just so new and so young. And number six, Dr. Pulaski. So, If you don't know Dr. Pulaski, it's okay because she was Dr. Crusher's replacement in TNG season two. And and 
I myself did not like her a whole lot when I first saw her. I thought she was mean to Data. She was brash. And she just didn't seem like, okay, a great fit for TNG. And she always called out Captain Picard. So that always bugged me. And I also didn't like the fact that she replaced Dr. Crusher. I thought, well, Dr. Crusher is amazing. Don't replace her. But they did. And and that was kind of frustrating to me when I was younger. But then I would say more recently in the last two or three years, I've started to really like Dr. Pulaski. Now, she doesn't get as much screen time as Dr. Crusher, of course, because she was only in one season. And she wasn't even a main character. I believe she was a recurring character on TNG, whereas Dr. Crusher and most of the medical characters in Star Trek are actually main cast member, so that was a bit different. So we didn't get to see a ton of her, but I really did like her attitude, and I loved her, let's get to the point, let's cut the garbage, and let me help you get better. I especially liked her interaction with Worf, where she was able to see through Worf's uh, Worfness and his Klingonness, and really get to the point and be like, Worf, you need to do this thing, let me help you, and... Stop complaining. I also love the fact that she was able to respect Klingon customs. And in that one episode where she drinks the poisonous tea, because, well, that's what Worf needs to do because that's part of the ceremony. And of course, she's not going to die because she gives herself the antidote. But the simple gesture of her drinking the tea with Worf is just so indicative of who she is and her being there at the pain ceremony that Worf was undertaking. I don't remember the actual name, not the pain ceremony, but where he gets hit with all the pain sticks. I think it's Rite of Ascension is the is the tradition. So the fact that she was there and willing to support it, amazing. I didn't love her interaction with Data. It still kind of bugs me the way she doesn't treat him like a person for part of the season, but then eventually she does. And so I think that's really cool. I also just like, and even with that, I do like, her challenging Data and her trying to help Data really explore his humanity. And the one episode that I'm thinking of that comes to mind is Elementary Dear Data, where she's like, hey, Data can't solve a mystery. And she gets Data and Jordy to go on the holodeck and try and solve a Sherlock Holmes mystery that hasn't been written. And that's, of course, when we get introduced to Professor Moriarty. And I love Moriarty. And of of course, I know he's not the real Moriarty, even though, of course, there is no real Moriarty. But when I read Sherlock Holmes or think of him, like he's the Moriarty I think of, not other Moriarty's, if that makes any sense. So I, I love that episode, and I really think it's an interesting idea for a really challenging data to think more like a human, for the lack of a better term. So yeah, she's a lot of fun. And I do like her sassiness. I don't know if sassy is the right word, but her McCoyness, where she's bit more brash. She has an old-timey charm to her, that the same kind of old-timey charm that McCoy had. And she's generally amusing. And again, I also love the fact that she's able to not only call out War for his stuff, but really call up Picard when he doesn't want to get the um, get the heart replacement. And eventually she saves the day, but she really does a good job of of getting Picard to admit, okay, you're right, I need some help, I need to get this done. So I think she did a really good job, and I would love to see more Pulaski in the future if that were ever possible. And number five, Dr. Bashir. Now, Dr. Bashir is a character that I enjoy, but I don't think I love. Like, when I think about DSI, my favorite characters, he's not really on my list. 
Like for one thing, I do think he's an amazing doctor because of course he's genetically enhanced. So he has all that skill, but I don't know. There's something about him that I'm just, I, I don't love as much as I love the other characters. Well, I do enjoy Dr. Bashir. I especially love Dr. Bashir and Garrick and I love Dr. Bashir and O'Brien. I just don't love Dr. Bashir when he's just being Dr. Bashir in the sick bay. And there's nothing wrong with him. I mean, I do like the fact that his arrogance is part of the character and it actually becomes part of the storyline. And I do love his interaction with Kira, especially in the first episode where in that scene where Bashir has this great speech about how this is where the adventure is and the unknown. And, you know, he really gets to live in the wild and really experience what it's like to be a doctor. And that's romantic. And I understand what he was trying to say, but Kira rightly pointed out, Hey, you know what? We're not just a simple folk and you shouldn't, you basically, you shouldn't say stuff like that. And she's like, we're just a simple folk doctor. I can't remember exactly what she says, but she really calls him out. And I think it's fantastic. So I do like the fact that his arrogance is part of the character and it is called out, but he just grates me a little bit. Nothing serious, nothing that takes away from the show. And I'm never like, oh, I don't want to watch a Dr. Bashir episode. I hate Dr. Bashir. It's just more like, you know what? I don't know if I love him, but I do love the storyline of him being genetically altered. I know that was a contentious idea. And I know even, um, I was going to say Dr. Bashir hates it. Dr. Bashir doesn't hate it. Um, why can't I think of the actor's name? Alexander Siddig. That's his name. And I know he wasn't very fond of the storyline, but I thought it was kind of interesting. It really did add some dimension to Bashir. And I think it sort of made sense. Even when you go back and watch older episodes, it seemed to fit well. But I think the real standout for Bashir for me is his interaction with Garrick and O'Brien Garrick, it's a lot of fun because he's so mysterious and so anti-Starfleet and so anti, we must do the right thing because it's right. Whereas Bashir is all about Starfleet and he's all about, we got to do what's right. So their interactions together are amazing where Bashir always tries to get Garrick to be more Federation-y. And then Garrick is more like, hey, I really wish you wouldn't be as optimistic as you are because you really got to stop that. Like, that's going to get you killed. And there's a really great scene where Bashir is like, and I will endeavor to see the cloud in every sky. And then Garrick is like, oh, I wish that were true, Doctor. So their sparring is fantastic. And I think it's such a great, great pairing. And then there's Bashir and O'Brien. And those two are a lot of fun to watch because they're just two best friends hanging out, playing in the holodeck, which is basically like two buddies playing video games, drinking beers, and then getting really worried when, oh, when, when Keiko's going to get back. And it's like, oh, we could, Keiko's getting back. We got we to gotta clean up the apartment. Oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? You know, so it's kind of a fun little, not drama, but it's just fun to watch two best friends hanging out being best friends. And it's not something we get to see a lot of in Trek. I think maybe the only other example we really get to see is perhaps Kim and Paris, but it's not on the same level of Bashir and O'Brien. So overall, I like Bashir as a doctor and as a character, but I don't love him, even though he does have amazing feats in the series and he clearly does know medicine and he's brilliant, but I just don't love him as much as I do love the next four doctors. Number four, Dr. Crusher. Now, Dr. Crusher is great. And I'm sure a lot of you probably think 
Bashir is a better character. And I think he'd be right in the sense that Bashir has a lot more character development and character growth and a lot more plot lines in the series than Crusher. But Crusher to me just is someone I like to watch more on screen. I like her attitude towards patients. She's always very friendly, but can be firm when she needs to be. She clearly knows her stuff. I like her relationship with Picard. I think they have great chemistry. And there's something about watching Dr. Crusher trying to solve a medical mystery or scanning someone. I don't know what it is, but it just makes me feel like, yeah, this is TNG. And it's probably just because she's on TNG in the sense that I get the same warm, fuzzy feeling that partly is probably because she's on TNG. And when anyone from that series is on screen, I get a warm and fuzzy feeling. So when she's doing her thing, it's like, yep, I feel good. I feel very calm when I just feel like I'm home in a way that I don't feel with, say, Dr. Bashir or some of the other doctors we've talked about. And obviously she's quite skilled. She has done a lot of uh, crazy medical stuff. And my favorite Dr. Crusher moments are ones where, and it kind of makes her look not great, but it makes sense for the storyline. And those are the moments where characters come to her and say, hey, this weird thing is going on. What's going on? And she says, oh, you're just dressed. Drink some milk. You're just dressed. And that happens a lot with Riker. And it's not really a knock against the character, but I do enjoy those scenes. So yeah, Dr. Crusher, I would say she's number four. I think she's amazing. I love her and I'm so excited we're going to see more of her in season three of Picard. But she is not in my top three. In number three, Dr. McCoy. And I know this is probably going to rub some people the wrong way because I'm sure... Some of you listening are like, Dr. McCoy, he is the doctor. He is the original doctor. How could he not be number one? And I'll tell you why. Dr. McCoy is incredible. He has the Southern charm, which I always talk about. I think he's hilarious. I love the fact that he is sort of the moral conscience in TOS, in the sense where he'll even call out Kirk for doing something. And like there's the one episode of Private Little War where Kirk makes a really bad decision, I think, where he's like, we'll arm both of these species. And then McCoy is like, no, that is absolutely the wrong thing to do. So I like the fact that he is the moral compass in some ways, is a moral conscience to to Kirk. And I also love that he's able to call out Kirk for his uh, his shenanigans in the motion picture when he starts going after Decker and really like has it out for him. And McCoy is like, hey, you got to get this Decker thing under control because he's doing his job. I think you were just way too obsessed with being captain. And that's why you're in command right now. And you ram this emergency down Starfleet's throat. So you got to grow up and get yourself together or else I'm going to be coming after you again. So I love the fact he's able to do that. And of course, one of the great things about McCoy is his relationship with Spock. And yes, it can be vaguely racist and probably more than vaguely because he does constantly talk about his physical features, which is a problem. And that's something that all characters do when talking about Vulcans is they always bring up their pointy ears. So, you know, that's a whole other discussion. But generally speaking, I think their relationship is a lot of fun because they go after each other all the time. But deep down, you know how much they care about each other. And uh, there's one scene which I think is incredibly touching and in the search for Spock where, you know, they're bringing... Spock back to Vulcan and he's having this conversation with him where Spock is like knocked out because he doesn't have his contra in him and all that stuff. Did I say contra as in the game? Katra. 
sorry, not Contra is in the game, but Katra. He has his, he doesn't have his Katra back in him yet, so he's not aware of what's going on. But Spock basically says, I missed you and I and I don't think I could stand to lose you again. So it's really touching. So I love McCoy with his relationships. I do think he's a brilliant doctor. And he does have a lot of really great medical feats in the series. The one thing I will say is it's part of a, a joke now. And it's been so memed that it's not even a meme anymore. But just the fact that he had so many people die. And it, granted, there's nothing he could do because by the time he was able to you know, scan them, they were already dead. And these are the retros I'm talking about, of course. But you know, it kind of makes them look bad when it's like you have like three or four people that have died in every episode, not quite to that extent, but there are a lot of dead people in TOS that McCoy could not save. And even though we know he was in situations that were just out of his control, it still makes him look a little bad. But love Dr. McCoy. I think he's hysterical, and I really do like the role he plays as the moral conscience to the series. And a number two, Dr. Phlox. And now I talked about Dr. Phlox in a previous episode where I said he is the most Star Trek doctor of all time. And I stand by that statement because he is so open to new cultures and he is just so willing to embrace new ideas, as you can see by his use of different alien animals as actual tools. And he's not using them in an unethical way in the sense that he's experimenting on them. No, he's using their physical properties that they have to offer to help patients, like he will use a leech or his starfish or something. I can't remember what it was, but to heal wounds. So I think that's super cool. And I just love his general attitude and his positive demeanor. As I said in the Dr. Flocks episode, he is just always so happy to see patients when they come through the door. No matter what he's doing, he's just happy to greet them. And just is like, hey, I love you. Let me help you. So I really like his attitude and he's a lot of fun to watch. I love his his interest in food. The fact that he loves Chinese food is great. And I should point out, not Chinese food, but Americanized Chinese food. So I really do like his attitude. And he's just, he's just such a fun character. And I'm always happy when Flox is on screen. And in the number one spot for the best doctor of all time, or at least my personal favorite, is the doctor from Voyager. And the doctor from Voyager is... One of the most interesting characters in Voyager itself, but also Star Trek as a whole. But if you don't know much about the Doctor, he is the emergency medical hologram on the USS Voyager. And he's basically just a program. So he's not supposed to have any personality. Isn't really supposed to grow. He's just supposed to determine how best to save patients and then leave it at that. But he does all of that exceedingly well in the series. There's no doubt about that. But he grows. He grows so much. He becomes a real living person, even though he's not living, living, but he's alive. He's aware of himself. He wants to do better. He wants to improve himself in ways no one ever thought possible. He loves opera. He loves love. He's fallen in love before. He's had relationships. He really has feelings for Seven of Nine, which kills me that they didn't get together in the end, but I'll let that go. All right, I'm not going to say anything more about it. But the Doctor is just such an interesting character. And I love the fact that he is so thoughtful and really grows into himself and really becomes a living person who's compassionate, but still arrogant. Like even though he really tries, he still has the same arrogance that he had when he was first activated. And maybe it was a little bit watered down, 
but it's still there. But he's also very, very funny. And he will just make snarky comments, which I think are hysterical. He's always just so much fun to watch. So the doctor from Star Trek Voyager is my favorite doctor. And of course, he's also probably the most brilliant. And it's no one's fault. It's just, well, he has all the knowledge of every single doctor that's ever existed because he's a computer program. And yes, I'm sure the other doctors were able to learn and read about other doctors, but he actually has their knowledge. And he has the precision of a computer because it is a computer program. So he's by far the smartest. But that's not the reason I love him. I just love him for his personality. And I love the fact that he was able to grow and really be a Star Trek character in the sense that Star Trek is always about, okay, yes, you have limitations, but how do you go beyond those? And he really exemplified that of... Yes, he had certain limitations that were already programmed into him, and they were there because of the very nature of him being a hologram, but he was able to pass them and exceed those limitations. So I think the Doctor is such an amazing character. The only knock against him, which isn't even the Doctor's fault, it's more of a writing issue, is when he revealed in Season 4 that he was the one that made Seven of Nine's bodysuit. So... Take it how you will. It's a little bit creepy when you think about it, but it's not really something I dwell on because that was just the writers trying to find a logical reason for Seven of Nine to be in this totally silly outfit. So that's really the only knock against the Doctor. But the Doctor is my favorite Doctor of all time, and he's my favorite Voyager character. That's where I put all the Doctors. I stand by it, but I'm happy to discuss if you disagree. So... Really, let me know. What do you think? Do you agree with my ranking or did I put someone higher or lower than what you would have liked? Let me know. I love to hear from you. Also, let me know what you like and what you don't like about this podcast because ultimately my goal is to make a show that you enjoy listening to. And in the paraphrase words of Captain Kirk, I shall see you out there that away.